We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Whether it's with the with these or with these, it doesn't work. Um, so I'm we sure. Live. Let me just try again. Uh, <laughs> we are live for our Yeti. folks. Microphone is yet. Who are watching? Headphones. We. Uh... <laughs> yeah, for some reason, it's not reading my headphones. <laughs> um, we are uh, we're live, and uh, this isn't our regularly scheduled broadcast this is a little bit different today it's a lot going on in the world so um uh man we all have uh something going on we're a little busy today with the world burning the way that it is we should talk about this though um whew, take a look at this So nearly 40 cities have curfews, rubber bullets, tear gas, tense situations across the country, everywhere that we are. And then on top of all of that, see if we could find it. This has just happened. So there were protesters on the freeway here in Minneapolis. And, um, this tractor trailer, what they're calling a tractor ta- trailer full of gas, came along and um, caused issues. Caused issues. And then everybody converged on it. World's blowing up, man. What y'all say in the comments? What do you think about what is going on right now? Are you sad? Are you happy? Are you mad? Are you angry? What's the right emotion that we're supposed to have? As the world is burning, there's martial law, there's tanks going through our streets. We have a president who is not doing a good job of calming things down, but is actually just being himself, as always. Insulting people, inflaming tensions, pointing fingers, giving everybody somebody to hate. I don't know if you're a religious person. If you're a religious person, you knew that a day like this was coming. Because it's everything except for the locust. I mean, you got you got a plague. Okay, let's just check them off. You got a plague. You got wars and rumors of wars. You got violence. Water's poisoned. Air is poisoned. Damn, what do we need now? Need like a dragon to fall out the sky? What is next? You know, I thought about this yesterday, too. I feel like what's happening is America is choking on its own vomit right now. It's just vomiting up all of its inequities, all of its hypocrisies, its racial hypocrisies, its economic hypocrisies, its political hypocrisies. It's it's almost like the country's got acid reflux and it's just all coming up. It's all coming up at once. It's a lot happening. And we're choking on our own vomit. What's up, Charles? Nothing much. I'm just trying to figure out what's happening. I'm like... I saw this link. We got a different link. I'm like, wait, making sure my family good over here. Um, you know, also trying to stay sane with it, but also, you know, uh, and trying to eat. That's important. Uh, making sure I eat food. 
Hmm. Um, it's it's a lot happening. So you know, I, I uh, it's a bunch. It's it's a you know, bunch. You know what trips me out? I talked to you earlier today, and you was driving all around. Yeah, <laughs> and for something, and and so so where you are, you're, for, you're, for, you're four or five hundred miles from me right now, and the idea that something started here. And it's the same where you are now. It's the same in Oakland. It's the same in all these other places. That's crazy. I mean, it's um, I, I am out this way and I was, you know, I was just checking on my aunt. We usually try to connect on Sundays just to kind of, you know, keep things cool. And, and I make sure my little cousin, her son is OK and all that stuff. And, you know, I, and we were just going to like get some food and stock up on that just to go, you know, part of our routine. And they're like, no, you have to go to the next state. Like everything is closed. Like you have to go to the next state over. There's an echo. Um, <laughs> it's a Sharif. Sharif. You got to, can't you disable the, uh, your audio? Something? We hear you just fine now, man. Oh, yeah. no, there's an echo still. It's still? All right, that definitely has it's to It's basically the sound from the computers going into his, uh, his thing. His that, that processor button. I can coach him on that on the, in the notes or something. But, um, I mean, I'm still looking forward to honoring your work later. That's that's so we still got that at the regular time. It, I don't know what's happening, bro. The world is in disarray. Why we should be in that too? We we here with y'all though. It's we gonna we gonna work it out. I don't know. Uh, my whole family's been watching for the last 24 hours. Nothing but nonstop national news there's a sense of anxiety i i've tried not to watch every second of it on the news it's hard not to though because there's a sense that if you're not close to it and you're not in the middle of it it'll just go away right like you know i can look out my window it's just calm and quiet where i'm at I'm out in the woodsy type situation um but it's not going to go away that's the whole thing. I can I, I can keep saying that or, or thinking that, um, but it just it, it seems like it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day. Um, so it's hard. I'm all, uh, in saying all this. I'm just saying it's hard to go about normal business. Like we have a pod podcast broadcast every Sunday at this time. We're here. We're doing it. We're live. Um, but it's hard to do it and conduct it as if the world's OK, you know, like as if it's, you know. It's it's status quo and it's really not. Martiza, uh, is it Gurity? Martiza says, all I'm hearing right now are sirens and helicopters. Debbie Meyer says, there are firecrackers in Harlem early this year. Uh, Toya says, West Philly, 52nd and Market, which is right beyond the gentrification area, has the police and SWAT. They're dispersing with rubber bullets. Um, and this is where the oldest black bookstore is. Um, I can't tell you how many black, uh, brown and indigenous uh, multi-generational businesses are gone in Minneapolis. And you know what's particularly sad about that is Minneapolis is not the type of place where you could lose one business of color and not have it hurt, right? I mean, we're not Chicago, where where you got a lot of black businesses. If you know you burn down a black barbershop, you got like you know endless number more in comparison to us. Um, Gwen Samuel says, "I keep listening uh, to Ty Tribbett 
we're going to be all right. I keep telling myself that, but Gwen, who is, uh, who is Ty Tribbett? So Jafar Ankrum says, it's time to stop being pro politically correct. Go hard, Dr. Cole. Uh-oh. <laughs> Kayla says, sleep and drink water, Charles. Okay. Do what you got to do. I mean, yeah, you got to listen, man. People got to take care of themselves. I think, Sharif, you got the, you, it's, it's, I'm hearing double me, but it's all good. I, I just rock with it. Um, but I, I think that, look, protect the things you need to protect. I mean, but you can't just keep treating up people this way in this manner so flippantly. Like, this is what happens. It spills over. And... You know, I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing the gunshots right now, right? Right. As we like, you know, are talking, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, it's 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 what's happening right now. And mm -hmm. you know, I want folks to be OK, I want folks to do what they got to do for themselves, man. Um, but, you know, this is this is a reaction to this is not a, a that just come out of thin air. You know what I'm saying? This isn't like. Yeah, man. That's, it's not. The, do, do, do you think this is? Um, do you think this is effective? Everything that's going down right now is going to make a difference. You know, effective is an interesting word today, right? Mm -hmm. I think that it's. It, I don't know if it's as much effective as it is. Some folks drawing a line in the sand and saying, "Look." If you're going to kill us, if we got to go out anyway, then this is how we're doing it. And then you mix in other elements, you know, and your president doesn't help out either when he says, you know, um, when it's like, oh, Antifa, we basically got a flyer out on Antifa. It, he be, what he's doing right now with that thing, like, first off, there's no leader of Antifa. Like, it's not like a it's, it's an interesting thing. Right. But he is basically saying. Oh, I'm giving authority to do whatever needs to happen. Like we not it's rubber bullets right now. It won't they won't stay rubber. It won't stay uh, being, uh, you know, tear gas or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I think I think it's folks drawing a line in the sand. And, I, you know, listen, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a praying person. Uh I've said the prayers that I that I feel like I need to say. I won't stop. I continue to pray. That's that's who I am. Um, and you know, I'm just kind of ready for whatever, man. Mm -hmm. like, and we doing this is happening in the time of a global pandemic. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 it's, it's a perfect storm, and it is kind of biblical. Uh, not, and I'm this is not that's not a facetious statement. You know. Um, I'm gonna mute in a second just to check on our other calls and just see how he's doing and because and and all this good stuff and and if he's joining for this part. Um, but I also am trying to just make sure, like this morning, man, I wanted to just enjoy the simple that I that I took you know took for granted. I went and I just I saw an empty basketball court and I just went and I just mm. played ball by myself with my little wireless speaker. And I had a ball, man. I played like I was 10 years old. I, I did countdowns. I did buzzer beaters. I was sweating because um, I was like, I don't know if this is ever, if it, you know, I don't know when the next time this is going to be able to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's that's where I'm at. When you talked to me earlier, you know, I was making sure that my aunt was OK. She has a special needs son. And I wanted to make sure that they just had things that they needed. Uh, I have some other cousins and relatives here who are, uh, they are definitely legal gun carriers and owners. And uh, 
they they are they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they may they gonna make sure that they okay. And I saw, I've never been told in like, I'm not too far from a state line, but I've never been told like, oh you you gotta go out the state to go get food right now. Like they closed down mm-hmm. everything. Like while I was talking to you, like there was like, past us closing this down right now, shutting it down. Um, and it's interesting. This is not in the city. This is like out, right? So like this, this is, um, but this is what happens, man. What happens? What, what's that? What is it when an, they always say it in Batman and Joker movies, like when an, in move, when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, what happens? So what would you say is the um, unstoppable force and the unmovable object in this situation? I think, I don't know who gets which title, but I think racism and systemic oppressions and just uh, abuses by like the states and types of folks. And Mm -hmm. I think that now you have a people that's just like, well, damn, I done lost. You got people's mindset that's like, I done already lost my granny. I done already lost my uncle. I done already had people die from this COVID thing. I might even have it now, right? Like, this is the mindset people got. They just like, well, shit, if I got to go out, you coming with me. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's... Uh, How much of this do you think is, is um, like, a lot of, like, confluence of a lot of things at the same time? Like, a lot of people at home now... A lot of people are out of work. They have been, right? We we got state lockdowns and shutdowns and summer's about to start. People are sick of being trapped in. And on top of that, then this happens. I mean, I, I guess my question, I'm wondering if the same thing would have happened if everybody had work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you know, I don't know, right? I don't know. But what we do got is what we got though, right? Like that. that's, that's one, you know, one of the things, man, that I think that I just picked up when I was younger and I don't know if it's good or bad or what, but it's like, there are moments and times that we should like think about the best possible future and try to build it. And then there's some times where you got to be in the moment and adapt to make sure you okay. Right. So, you know, from talking to you, I instantly went into just like checking on people mode who, okay, who I need to check on, how they doing. Let me make sure that they straight here, survival mode. Okay. Is all my stuff locked. Okay, cool. Do I got stuff here just in case cats want to act funny because I did see some folks driving back and they were just doing the most and it had nothing to do with nothing. It's just doing the most and the most happens. Right. And it's like, you know, it was in another one of those posts that I said earlier. So, you know, tomorrow in my head, it's probably clear. I can think about what would have happened if people had jobs, if people, you know, wasn't worried about this COVID-19 thing. If people, uh, if we had a sane president, if we had, you know, leaders that were not afraid to do the right thing and actually, you know, acted earlier on some other things. Um, but right now, your ass better survive. You better make it. You better, you better, you know, make a decision of, of, of you know, because uh, I, I don't, I don't play that victim role over here. Like if something happening over here, it's, it's, it's going to be a scuffle. Mm-hmm. who you are and what you look like um but i think people tired man and i and i and i think that um the fears that people would normally have when you have so much stuff hit you at once you do it's a numb button that 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 hits you all at once right and mm-hmm. then, like, i think a lot of people are just numb and some people are probably having out of body experiences um 
you know, some people never had a moment. They've never had this moment. I mean, there's some people who've been, who've been through this multiple yeah, times, before. And, you know, have, have been through it before. And for some people, this is their first moment. <laughs> yeah. The first moment when things got real, um, when they understood that things weren't fair, they weren't equal. Uh, for a lot of people, this is a cathartic moment. You know, maybe they spent the last two, three years figuring out that there was income inequality and stuff like that. And this is like their first chance to get out there and break glass, you know, make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny that you say in the middle of something like this, you got to adapt. You got to like look at it for what it is and adapt and do what you got to do to get through the moment, which I think is, is absolutely true. The thing that I think uh, leaders have to do is keep looking for what are the strategies for the, the next thing to happen, the good thing, right? Like, so, so, cause like, you know, eventually Minnesota's got the smoke has to come down right. and the buildings have to go back up and people have to start getting paychecks again. And, uh, and then the buildings that went down are going to have to get put up with money. Like there's going to need to be some resources and whatnot. So I'm hoping that our governors and our city council people and whatnot, while all of this is going on, are thinking about what's the check they're going to have to write to get things back to a place where people, people can live every day. They're not upset. They're not crazy. Um, but I, 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 you know, I mean, man, we got, uh, armed guards and tanks in the street. Uh, they, they shut off all the freeways. You can't get out of Minneapolis right now. Can't get out of St. Paul. Um, you know, I was trying to get my boys to come out of there, my older boys, you know, and come up and stay with us. But it's not really easy to do that. You can't even gas up. Can't even get the gas to do it. So it's crazy. Sharif, brother, what's up, man? What's up, man? It's, uh... Are we going through your earbuds now? Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, man. I can hear you. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Barely, though. I You're real faint. Say again? You were a little, you're a little faint though. Could barely just hear you. Mm. Yeah, I for the first time uh, checked on the the TV. You know, I just haven't been been listening to it. Um, but my wife tried to pick up some food from my aunt's house, and she had to turn around because it was mm. uh, just crazy and so much stuff blocked off and. Uh, yeah, so as you said, like you, people are st- kind of stuck wherever they are. You know, my son went to the protests, and I had uh, some students who also texted me yesterday and said they they were on their way to the protests. And he ended up spending the night out because of the curfew and um, not able to get public transportation home. So, um, you know, he was he was with his friend, and we, you know, they've been friends since they were, you know too young to know that they were friends uh but yeah it's uh, it's it's real and just watching everything uh everything unfold right and a lot of times people like you know getting a little agitated by some of the commentary of the of the news newscasters one of the reasons why i didn't uh i haven't really been engaged in that way but you know police brutality often as we spoke last week sparks uh, something, uh, but this is mountains of various forms of oppression, right? The mm-hmm. the police brutality just 
lights it. But the the frustration, the anger, uh, all of that from economic injustice to housing and all the other things that that uh, really oppress and marginalize a people is is what ferments all that time. You know what happens to a dream deferred? Does it ferment? Right. Like that's. Yeah. And then it's also flammable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that fermentation is flammable. And we're seeing that figuratively and literally. You know, when um, when we see these type of things happen, one thing that people say oftentimes is this is about more than just this one incident. This is about about structural issues and about um, systemic issues or whatnot. I usually mm-hmm. believe that for the most part, I usually believe that I have been. Over the last week or so, I fall down rabbit holes and watch the same type of videos over and over and over again. And uh, I was doing some research on police um, abuse, just 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 in itself, by itself, away from all this other stuff. And uh, listen, man, the the prevalence of police officers um, aggravating people in public, not just killing. We talk about killings, but I just mean jacking them up left and right, overextending their power, their authority, you know, bumping up to people just asking for uh, ID for no damn reason. Mm -hmm. You have all these videos where you got white folks saying, am I being detained? Am I being detained? I know my rights, blah, blah, blah. You can't, if you don't suspect me of a crime, you can't stop me. You can't ask me for for my ID. That exact same situation doesn't go down the same way in communities of color and middle-class people, including black folks and others don't live with that every day. Some people live with it every day and they're on edge about it, right? Um, they see a cop car or they see somebody walking with a badge and they don't want to have nothing to do with it in a way that the rest of the population doesn't even really think like that. They even have to think like that because they don't feel like they're about to get jammed up. Yeah, they don't yeah. feel like they're going to end up on the ground, face down, head pressed into the concrete, your phone taken or smashed and you can't do anything about it. You know, your pockets un- undone and everything and in front of everybody. Common occurrence. There's so many documented like cases of it that it's 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 like the common cold. It's just it's it's a thing. Uh, so I do believe communities are on the edge about a lot of other things, but I can't really like get away from the fact that they specifically are upset with policing. Like policing is in itself. Yeah, I get all the structural stuff. I get everything else, but the level to which people are getting their asses kicked on a regular basis, not just dying because dying, you know, if you look at the numbers of people actually dying, it, it doesn't say, it doesn't tell you enough about, a huge number of people that are just getting jacked up on a regular basis mm-hmm. and in ways that even, you know, like we won't get jacked up. You know, maybe. We, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I know I don't get jacked up in the way like to where I, I don't feel like I could walk from my house to the store type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or like to the point where I'm walking down the street and I see somebody with the badge and I look at him and I think, oh, shit, you know, I got to like move out of the way a little bit. I actually feel yeah, like but would you feel that same way if you were in St. Paul or Minneapolis in in, in a black neighborhood? You know so what I mean? like, I'm glad you said in a like black neighborhood. where I am now. But if I'm if I'm at home towards my mom's house or anytime I was leaving any of the three schools that I served over a quarter of a century, mm-hmm. like, nah, like they, you know, that was a thing, you know, <laughs> That was a thing. <laughs> yeah. So in Minneapolis, um, North Minneapolis is the black, black part of town. North, Minneapolis. Okay. There, was, there was an old map of Minneapolis and the northwestern side of Minneapolis was carved out for black people and Jews. 
and it says mm-hmm. it on the map. It says black mm-hmm. people, Jews, and right next to it, it says Skid Row, single men. So for all the drunks, they used to push them <laughs> into mm-hmm. a specific, they had the map broken out that specifically, and then everywhere wow. else was white in the city. Yeah. Yeah. If you drive through most of the city, it's possible to not really see a police officer for the longest, you know, whatever. You're not interacting too much. Um, but you get on the north side, <laughs> and it's like you can't go matter of fact the only time i've gotten pulled over in minneapolis and really had any interactions is on the north side mm-hmm. you know yeah it, like, that's, that's yeah. it every five feet you, you have a car they're always so aggressive looking too i don't know why just the presence looks different but they look like they're occupying you know they don't look like yeah. they're when they they're, leave their home that's what they're thinking they're doing <laughs> right they yeah. leaving their home jacked up adrenaline flowing like yeah let let me go up in here 91 it's 92 percent uh of the police officers drive in from the suburbs don't live in minneapolis have no connection to the community have no connection to uh, uh to the people there whatnot are real basically kind of occupiers and um and if you look at the places where they drive in from i say this all the time because our teachers do the same thing the twin cities is really progressive but when you get outside of the Twin Cities, it gets a little bit more red. Uh, and I think that's probably the same wherever you all are, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it, it, like California, for the most part, is, is, is blue. But if you drive outside of a major city in any direction for a couple of miles, you know, it, those sentiments change, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, look, man, this is not, when we did the show last time, I, I wasn't like, begging for something like this to happen. I wasn't like, you know, like it's just a forecast. It's it's just like, man, like it's a logic. This is logic. And, but for so long, logic hasn't been applied to us. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Ray? How you doing, man? For so long, you know, logic hasn't been applied. And, and, and I just think that like, we've been saying this, yo, we've been saying this kind of over and over and over again. You, 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 for as scared as people want to act about black people, they've been, we've been, everybody's been so restrained. Like, you know what I mean? For so long. And you, you think, do you think it's restrained or pacified? No, I think it's restrained. I, I, you know why? Because I've been, I've been restrained myself. Like I've, I've been restrained, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and sometimes things happen where you just like, well, fuck it. Let's go. Let's let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if we play by the rules, if we do this, if you go to school and you follow the laws and you take care of your family and you do the things you're supposed to do, you're going to treat me with respect. Right. But then it's like, oh, you got that nice car and then you get pulled over and they like, hey, who car is that? you steal that from you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? and then it's just these little pokes right so now add into the mix a a, a, a virus that black well that, that that there was stuff out there that said black people couldn't get it and then when we got when we fought to get the numbers disaggregated we saw that it was mostly black people being impacted and dying and then right after like clockwork it's like well it's time to reopen baby you know, I mean, add that into the mix, right? I mean, it's just such a perfect storm, as you said. It's almost as if people went and looked at the at revelations in the Bible and said, how do we line up all these things at the same time? Mm-hmm. Scorsese mm-hmm. couldn't have directed it better. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, so I, I would say people have been restrained. Um, 
and and then things just kind of get ahead ahead of steam and uh and you know listen man like i said earlier i said this to a few of y'all that i spoke to earlier you know i've been very just worried about like the work right i'm looking at all the work and what i need to do and all this stuff and then i was just like you know what man i ain't connected with y'all just as people yo i haven't like connected with and checked on people just as friends and just how are y'all doing like like you know i, I talked to everybody bereaved today but it's just like yo even even in the midst of business talk it's like man wait what ray how you doing like what's how's your family doing What's going on? What do you need? Chris, how you doing? Like, because we're in a time where everything feels frivolous. When you get to that point in life where everything that you really cared about five minutes ago is now frivolous and you like, fuck it. That's a dangerous place for people to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's nothing more dangerous than people who feel like they have nothing to lose. But if I wanted to pacify people and stop real revolutions for happening, what I would do, this is like, let, let, let's design the perfect way to make sure that it never happens. First thing is step number one, I would hire a bunch of their most educated people and give them jobs. Number two, I would make sure that there was an ample supply of drugs piped right into their, their communities and alcohol. And there was a liquor store every five feet. <laughs> uh, number three. I would make sure that they didn't have jobs and opportunity in certain parts of their, their communities so that the, the, the blight could start. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually uh, continuously stoke like their and aggravate them so that they would act out in ways in which then I can just put them in a cage. Right. Cause, cause the ultimate goal would either for you to be dead or caged. And when I say cage, I mean, either, caged mentally, like I've hired you and you've got a job and you have too much to lose to do anything about it, to be a real radical or caged in a physical cage because you're a real brother and you um, <laughs> you're not going to go for the mental cage thing. But 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 the goal would be to have some of you high, some of you uneducated, some of you in cages, some of you in cages that are invisible, like invisible chains, meaning I gave you a job or I put you in a, a university or some shit like that. Um and and then the, the middle group, what I would want for you is for you to be addicted to entertain <laughs> nothing of substance. Right. If I can keep you occupied on everything besides owning some shit and and running some shit and being in control of your own shit, if I can just divert you from doing all that. It's, we're good to go. We're good to go. It's a it's a it's a it's a long term situation i mean listen the emancipation proclamation was a problem so you had to think of ways i don't know like for it to evolve right for it to become something new mm. what's up ray what's going on every what you say about all this man you 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 walked into something deep i see is that a t-shirt <laughs> see, he's been here five minutes. And he, already he already starting with. Hey man, we need, we need the levity, man. I gotta like. Listen, so here, here's here's where I'm at. Based off of um, not really knowing that y'all were jumping on or whatever, but like, so I'm seeing all these riots and stuff, and like, I'm I'm more so into like the whole peaceful protest approach, and the reason why I'm into that is because then you can't have white folks having conversations with you post 
things being burned or whatever that are based off of your activity in terms of destroying shit. And then also, it's like you got people that are going into black neighborhoods, black cities, going into black business businesses and whatnot and destroying black businesses. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's absolutely like, that's bizarro to me, right? But you know what, Ray, when you mention it, you get heat yeah. for it. When you say that, when you say that, people give you heat because, because, because they think that that's a conservative talking point. Well, I would say, I mean, but just Ray, stay there. Don't leave it like, because, uh, People starting to G-check that too now. So what's happening in Oakland, uh, and I've seen it on Instagram and a few of my my feeds, is like black folks are starting to G-check. Hey, wait, take your mask off. Oh, you like, wait, we said don't hit that. And they starting to do it. And then those black folks are starting to drag them people, right? And then uh, J.R. Smith, yeah, a white Smith. dude, just, yeah. did y'all hear about the J.R. Smith story? I just watched it. So, <laughs> so J.R. Smith, a white, a white kid that's like an anarchist kid, like broke his windows and he chased them down, caught him. Oh, and beat, beat his, his ass, ass, beat his ass beat on camera, his on down. tape, and then came on Twitter and told the commissioner, told the NBA and told the world, this is what happened. This yeah. is why I did it. And I already don't have a job. So what you going to do, basically? Right. But he was like, look, this wasn't a hate crime. This wasn't, a, you know, me picking on somebody. This is what happened. You know, so there are people I mean, people look that shit. You get over on that in a few little times here and there. But there are people starting to, like, get hip and smart to that as well. Right. Like, yo, um, you posted something, Chris, uh, that that was reposted from Brittany. And it was basically like you can tell who these people are because they're not listening to the black organizers that's out there. And mm-hmm. I think people would pick that up. So I didn't mean to cut in on that, Ray. I just wanted to no, add that, that color. You know that's what I'm saying? It's all good, man. That energy is needed. Um, I'm looking at um, uh, uh, Ms. Armstrong. How does she pronounce her name? I know it's hyphenated. In uh, Minnesota, Chris. Uh, Levy Armstrong? Oh, Nakima. Yeah, Nakima Levy Armstrong. Man, she's... Shout out to her. Cause she, she, yeah, huge shout out to been, her. Yeah, she's been doing it. I'm, wa- I'm watching her on... C- I was watching her the other day on CNN, man, and she's just masterful in terms of just, like, how she's using this narrative to get what we need, like, you know, that much needed change in communities and stuff. So, shout out to her. Prayers to her. Um... Yeah, and there's some people that's just taking the bull by the horns and actually leading. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you see far less than what you would want, far less than what's desired in our communities, far less than what our communities need, but you do see it. But, um, you know, these celebrities are real quiet right now. Those people that are comfortable in their lives, those people that, you know, uh, album sales are, are predicated on white folks buying them or whatever, they're real quiet. So, so I will say this much, you know, on that point, real quiet. <laughs> on that point, um, because Nakima, first of all, the thing that I've always respected about Nakima's organizing skills is everything could be burning around her and she is still very clear what the goal is, right? Like she knows um, there's very specific laws, policies, police officers. She wants those other three police officers caught and, and arrested and she wants them sentenced too. So so she's monofocused on things. She leads peaceful protests. And so while some people in the city were burning shit down in another part of the city with a bunch of anarchists and, and, and actually really mixed crowds, she was down with the mostly all black crowd um, with the family, with uh, Floyd's family, uh, George Floyd's family and Jamie Foxx. You mentioned celebrities. So Jamie Foxx flew in and they, they did a, um, a press conference. See, I, don't, I haven't seen that really replayed very much. 
mm-hmm. right? Jamie Foxx flies into Minneapolis, does uh, it, does a press conference, and uh, and his and George's family says some of the most fire stuff you, you're ever going to hear mm-hmm. in all of this, like the most clear, straight to the point, powerful things. And we're not replaying it. It's not in the media. I put something out today. I don't know if you saw Sharif, Charles. I tweeted what our newscasters look like here in the Twin Cities. And uh, it's all white. <laughs> like the whole thread. I, I put pictures of all the, the morning crews, the evening crews, whatever. All white. Right. So when that's who's telling your stories, how fair do you think it's going to be? How real do you think it is going to be? Happy to see Nakima on CNN this morning with Van Jones. Thought that was amazing. Bro, shout, shout out to Don Lemon. Don Lemon is taking care of business. He went crazy. I, I have no idea what happened. Don Rouge came out, bro. Don was done. <laughs> Don is not taking it anymore. <laughs> uh, it's over. Sharif, what's up, man? Are, are, you, are you getting your audio there taken care of, brother? Nope. So uh, <laughs> he's on a separate, look at this. He's on a separate line. Sharif, can you hear us now? He's still talking. Don't even worry about it, man. We'll, 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 we'll pipe him in in a sec, man. I, I, I think that um, just, just while Sharif is getting that going on, and what he probably should do is just go on his phone and just, just go in a different room and be on your phone and do it. Uh, but uh, listen, man, I, you know, my, my, y'all are fathers with very young children and y'all are fathers. Some of y'all have like older children that are like in the age to kind of be caught out there. So tell me uh, from the father perspective of you all, cause I don't, I don't have that perspective. Tell me what's going through your minds uh, right now. Uh, you know, let's 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 start with the older kids first. So, Chris, I know you have an older son that I'm very fond of. I love Josh. Um, and that's just kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, I, I know how I feel about my family. I don't know what it feels like to have my seed out in the world away from me while this is kind of happening. So talk to me. I mean, I'm really proud that he's out there. You know, that he's in there with the protesters. Um, as you know him, he's a very calm, sedate person, right? He's got a very uh, mild disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to see him out there, though. And and this is, you know, he, it's what he's about. It's what he's into. Um, but, you know, I'd be lying if I wouldn't say that it scares me that you're in the middle of martial law. Mm-hmm. like we've never seen ever before in the city, like whole blocks of something that we've known since the eighties is gone. Like these, you know, these pieces of the city are just gone um, places where I have memories and, you know, all this stuff is just gone and you got tanks and, and, uh, and they're, they're arresting journalists, mm-hmm. right. And shooting rubber bullets at journalists with the cameras. <laughs> I mean, the journalists were like, wait, they shooting at us. Like I just, right. like, the white lady, she was like, wait, that, Wait, is the gun pointed? This right. <laughs> right. So if they're gonna shoot them and arrest them or whatnot, now you know how I feel about having you know uh, my kid in the middle of all that. But mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I, I when I said everybody, some people are having their first moment. I had multiple of these moments. I've had multiple of these experiences and whatnot at my age. Um, I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I'm trying to keep my younger kids away from 
I don't even know what's happening with uh, I, you probably can't hear it on your end, Chris. I don't know what's going on with Sharif. I love him to death, though. I swear to God, <laughs> he just got some weird sounds going on. But we got you, we got you, Reef. We're gonna hold it down for you. Um, Ray, you have I just saw your son walk behind you. I don't know if you saw him. Uh, there you go again. Um, you know, for you, up all my shit. <laughs> well, at least he's in the house with you eating up your shit instead of uh, elsewhere. I mean, so you know, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't spent much time with your kids except for I seeing your son now, and then you, you, you've had your daughter do amazing promo for us. It's the cutest thing that's come out of our channel. So, where is your head at right now as a father? So, bro, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful at the fact that I can shelter him to some degree. To the point to where he doesn't like have to be on the front lines. I live in the suburbs and there's nobody that's out here protesting. And the protesting that does take place out here is like super organized and like under control or whatever. There's no rioting and looting or anything like that happening here because I'm not in like a major metropolitan city. And so um, that's that's helpful. Um, but man, it's dangerous, man. And like we we have like these continuous conversations about about death. Every time a black man is killed, because I need him to know that if he's put in a certain situation, that his life can be taken away as well. And so that he knows how he needs to conduct himself if given, you know, if given those situations. I've been in a situation myself. Riff Mastery so, Charter School, oh, Philadelphia. Reef. Hey. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I good. Hear you. All right, cool. There you go. All right. All right. Two shots for the board. Yeah, well, the board's getting echoes, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it was a, there was an instance in which I had got pulled over on uh, a, a major interstate out here. And so when I when I did it, like I was freaked out. And so my hands are on the dashboard to where the officer can see them. And so he's like, well, you ain't got to do all that. You're overdoing it. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm trying to get home. And so, and so you know, it was very real for me. And this was like years back. And so now that we're thinking about now and like the things that are occurring now, man, it's dangerous out here for black men. We're getting hunted and mm -hmm. we're getting hunted. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I understand where this anger and this ire is coming from, from these young black folks, man. They've been seeing it for years in terms of like nobody doing anything, no change really happening. But um, mm -hmm. one of the messages that I want to send to them as a black conservative is that if you want things to change in the United States, you got to vote. I'm seeing a whole lot of ignorant shit from people coming and they're, they're coming in and they're saying that, you know, it, it's not about voting. We, they you know, do vote it, though, bro. They do vote. I, yeah. They I, vote I, a lot. They vote a lot. This is one of the things of, they're mad about. They're mad that they've been just, voting and shit don't change. They vote for people all the time. Yeah, I mean, but you, you got, got a, you got an old elected official right now saying y'all need to vote if you care. And it's kind of like, Negro, we voted for you, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and you're right. in there right now. You're not right. You, I don't see you writing any laws or policies or whatnot. Like, like, listen, so DeRay was on CNN today, and I tweeted this out too. He says right now there is a bill um, that is sponsored by, I want to say like 47 Democrats um, that will expand police unions from the federal level across the country. At the same time that there's research that says when you do that, when you collective bargain with police officers, black killings go up. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a bill right now. That's not about voting. Negroes, you're already in there. You, you've been voted and you have a bill right now to expand 
something that is already hurting us with police officers. It's got all this flowery language in it about how essential it is that they have collective bargaining rights and all that stuff. So, and I'm, I'm about to, um, uh, while we're talking, uh, Chris, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the screen over to my second screen just real quick. Cause I'm, cause this ain't the first time this happened. I'm, I'm from Oakland. Right. So like, you know, this happened under when Obama was in as well, like the cat that we voted for. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it's been just as crazy. Um, if you can let me uh, share over here, bro, I'm just just on my second screen um, and we'll just keep talking. I mean, this is this is from 2014 um, when all this was happening. Right. Like it was, you know, Oakland burned up that year. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, this is like I remember um, this is right by my house by Lake Merritt. Uh Chris, you, you know the lake, you know that area. So this is that side of the lake where like as white folks live over there and the stuff moved on to the freeway, man. I remember getting jammed up. I remember getting pushed. I remember being told to sit right over here on this, uh, this little thing off the freeway. Uh, I remember them talking to us crazy about what they would do to us if we moved. Um, I mean, so I vote, I vote, I voted in every single election since I've had the ability and the right to vote. So one of the things that I say when I say like it's like a crescendo piece like it's like you know what I mean like this happened with <laughs> with 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 my guy in office you know what I'm saying like I said I'm not blaming him I just wanted to because sometimes we forget like for some people like you said Chris this day first time going through this and dealing with this it's not my first time this is not my first rodeo on this piece and what I will say to people that's out there one I want you to be safe try to have if you if you going out there try to have like extra shirts or something to put around your face try to have bottles of water for when mace and things like that come into the crowd um like I remember getting like, you know, the, that the, the pepper spray I remember you know all that stuff and um it's they they take opportunity like I've seen some licks get put in like you know what I mean I've seen some folks get their frustration off right so um you know I I'm not gonna stop voting you know what I'm saying I get what you're saying Ray and I can I can appreciate it so to speak but I think it's beyond that and I think that like people just tired and fed up man I'll, I'll give you the screen back, but I just wanted to like, this ain't right now. This is from 2014, right? When we've had, you know, I was around for Oscar Grant and what happened to Oscar Grant in Oakland. Like I was around when them guys got off, you know, I was doing a, um, I used to do a talk radio show on a Christian network. And when the Oscar Grant decision was coming down, we, we did a live broadcast in the streets, like we like set up our booth. We were doing radio, like terrestrial radio. And they set us up and we wanted to be outside in the streets with the people, man. And uh, I remember doing that show, a Christian network. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they had smoke and heat for us. So, you know, I think this is the moment where folks like the eight black hands, other podcasts, people that have any type of platform. This is the moment where you where you got to get out there and you got to talk and you got to give people, you know, what Nakima was giving people earlier. And so I appreciate, you know, I, I you know, this just kind of just happened the yeah, way we'll it but I appreciate it. Go ahead. No, that's that's Reef talking to his kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let me show y'all something here. I'm gonna share something with y'all. Uh-huh. This, this is Minneapolis. 
1903. You see this right here. 1903, uh, there was a problem with the police. The police were working for the business folks and they had something. Um, uh, they formed a right wing group that protected the police interests. In 1934, they had what they called Bloody Friday. They went in and there was a strike and they went in and shot people because they were striking and wanted to get them back to work. 1963, they formed the first civ civilian review board because, again, they were having problems with police in Minneapolis, whatnot. 1968, fed up with racist police interactions, community members formed Black Patrol, Soul Force, and AIM Patrol. AIM is American Indian Movement Patrol to intervene and de-escalate potential violence. Um, uh, so that's 1968. 1989, and I'm going to stop just like after this next one. 1989, um, the police went in and killed an elderly couple in their house, and they 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 had a uh, a warrant but they were at the wrong place. Flash grenade killed them, whatnot. And there was some real shaky details about the way it all went down, whatnot. In each of these cases, the community was real outraged. There was real kind of pushback from the community in each of these cases, like real demonstrating and, and protests and whatnot. I don't know if you see this picture right here and if you know who this brother is right here, but this right here is um, Keith Ellison, who is now our uh, attorney general. Um, and he's pr prosecuting all this stuff. This is how long he's been at it. He's been at this since 1989, a little bit before that, fighting these exact same type of uh, police brutality cases in Minneapolis. So he's got a long time. Before yeah. you go down, go back up to the one before 80... Uh, 89? Yeah, the one before that. One before that, yeah. 68. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says the... What does it say? The the percentage of native population in jail dropped from seventy percent to ten percent. Yeah, that shit work. Community patrols. Yeah, yeah. after they after they uh, the community themselves created something that was like the what do, what do you call them group the the something angels the guardian angels or whatever that was done here in uh, in sixty eight. You know, Bro, and, so and, I, and and made a difference. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at things that can make a difference. So let me see. This is not going to be I'm going to end on this. This is not going to make a difference. But in 1990, um, Tysel Nelson was a 17 year old uh, boy in North Minneapolis who was shot um, by a police officer, Dan May. And when he was shot, um, Dan May put in his report that he was afraid for his life, that Tysel had lifted a gun and was pointing it at him and he shot him. Turns out Tysel was shot like many times in the back. And all the witnesses had told them that all the witness has, witnesses saw it, saw that Tysel was running away. He wasn't running towards them and wasn't standing with the gun and had nothing to 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 uh, to threaten him. And he was shot. That's 1990. Right. Here's the, the problem with that. Look at this. That officer, Dan May, who shot Tysel in the back in 1991, got a medal of valor from the police union for the shooting. Yeah. Right. So not only was it a problem in the community, it was a it was an unsolved you know case. The the community was upset about it. He got a medal for shooting a 17 year old kid in the back multiple times. So when Nakeem was on TV this morning saying this community has been fighting this for a long time, she was right. I right? mean, like, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, but here's the thing, right? Like, this is listen, man. When people declare war on you. You know, one of the best gifts you can have is understanding that they just did that. Right. I mean, so if you if you want to put my screen back up again, like these people retaliate, you know, this this happened. Right. Like six of those people 
that helped lead the Ferguson, Missouri, you know, like that, those activists, they came up dead. Now, listen, mm. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to mm. say nothing that's not fact. But I, listen, in the worst <laughs> drug zones, in the worst war zones in the world, right, it's still a little peculiar when certain people just show up dead the years following. You know what I mean? Like this is this is these people don't take kindly uh, to you standing up the way in, in which that happens. I want I'm not joking when I say I want protection around Nakima. When I say that I need the fruit of Islam or some other folks or whatever around our leaders that are out there speaking and really giving the truth to our people, I want them to be protected, man. Like they're, they're, listen, man, when you do this work the right way, there's consequences. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I, I want to make sure that I'm sending love and, and, and light and peace to the people that I know that stay on these uh, on this stuff. You and I both know Tanisha Peoples. I love her. She has always been a voice. Like, I, I, she's on my mind right now. Nakima is on my mind right now. The, the Britneys and the D-Rays, you know, those are, those are my friends. And, like, and I know they're a little bit more popular than what they were. But these people are on my mind because these they don't forget. You know what I'm saying? Like these people don't forget. I just wanted to put that out there because I didn't want to say that six people from Ferguson were murdered in the year since that happened without some type of evidence just up there. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I just need people to know what they up against. This is a gang. Tupac said that before, man, like the cop told him after they arrested him, he said, New York, <laughs> New York, we the biggest we the biggest gang in New York. That's mm. what the cop told mm. him. Like, you mm. think you hard. You you think y'all got this. No, no, no. The NYPD, we the biggest gang in New York. Now what? Mm. He meant it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's real. Yeah, they, they definitely mean that. And, you know, I grew up on those kind of stories where folks told my parents and cousins and other folks in the Black Panther Party, like, we won't forget this. Like, we, we will get you back, you know? Um, any kind of uh, resistance. You show that you're resistant, we're going to find ways to break you, even if it's years and years later. Um, and that that's well documented, um, you know, from Cointel Pro all the way to just retaliation and, and abuse. Uh, you know, that's nonstop. I, I want to address the voting issue, too. Like, you know, right now in Philly, we got we got black women who are in city council who are refusing to support, uh, you know, low income renters. And uh, folks who live in housing and, you know, they're, they're ready to start evicting people. They had a, a, a temporary uh, moratorium on eviction. They're ready to get get this started. And, and who's going to be evicted the most? Black women. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the folks on city council who've been voted in by black people, right? Like they say, vote me in, vote me in so I could be. And then once they get in there, they're like, no, I'm actually going to side with the Apartment and Homeowners Association. I'm going to actually side with the uh, the police department. I'm going to actually side with everybody against, you know, besides the people who I beg to vote me in. Right. And so I just want to make sure, like, when we're talking about, like, you know, well, black people need to vote. One, they don't always have options of good folks to vote for, you know, just because it's a, a darker hue and somebody with melanin does not mean that they're going to, um, you know, side with them. We got, so we got 400,000, 400,000 people living in poverty mm. who pay their mm-hmm. taxes, to, you know, with the little bit of income that they have 
And yet, because they can't afford, uh, you know, like even a, they won't even agree. These city council, black women and black men, but you know, they're most a, a lot of the black folks there are, are black women. They will not, you know, even put a moratorium on rate increases. You know, for tenants, despite the fact knowing that how many of them are not working right now, and they're about to go on vacation. <laughs> you know, they they're going to take a real long vacation this summer. So you know, the voting. I think black folks are voting. But I think they are disillusioned with what the outcomes of their vote and accountability for politicians is usually every two, four, two or four years. It ain't no immediate accountability. You know, I don't know about that's that. A, I that's, think over a, that's over a thousand days, bro, before you can vote them out. A thousand days of being oppressed. Imagine mm. it. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to hold you accountable for it in a thousand days. Brief. If you on their ass. Uh, if you on their ass, you at their offices, and and you know when they when they vote, and it's not the way you want them to vote, you in their emails and on the their phone. And the first thing they're going to do, and the first thing they're going to do is stick their um their guard dogs on you. That's the first thing they're going to do, right? And then you're in jail because <laughs> you were harassing them or whatever, right? Like they got a whole, as, as Cole said, they got a whole gang to protect them too. And this is while I'm trying to survive, right? So you're asking me to do all of this. I voted, like you said. Now I'm trying to survive. And now you're saying, hey, what? in the midst of your survival, make sure you take time to go and and go uh, lobby outside of their office. And you do too much, they're going to lock you up, right? <laughs> all of that is all, it's all connected, man. It's all connected. I mean, you know, what you said earlier, Charles, about you don't get out of this. You you have to adapt, like, you know, thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. I just went through a long timeline that gives you all the evidence that you need that there is no short term solution. I mean, right. you know, you guys are finding out about Minneapolis right now. People think they think of Minneapolis. I think they think of Prince and, you know, happy stuff and, you know, and some sort of, and white people and, and have no clue. No clue about what really goes down in a liberal, progressive, um, smug, college-educated, happy-with-themselves type of city when the whole country doesn't know what you're going through. Like, this this is what really does go down, like when the country doesn't know what you're going through. I want to add something here again. This is 2015, so this is five years ago. Uh, for the last dude, Jamar Clark killed at the hands of police officers. Nakima and a bunch of protesters surrounded the fourth precinct. Uh, so the third precinct just just burned down. This is five years ago. They surrounded the fourth precinct. And you look at the, look, look what it looked like, right? This is what we were, were, were facing back then. They had hundreds of people that stayed outside the precinct for weeks. They made encampments around the entire thing and the police department had to fence themselves in. It's not like the community doesn't come out. It's not like they don't protest. It's not like we have been passive at all. Right. But this is five years ago. Same thing is happening. Right. The only difference is the rest of the country didn't hear about this incident back then. For some reason, they're hearing about this one now, which I'm happy for. But. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because you know, yeah, no, you know, somebody somebody just mentioned it in the comments. I think it was Miss Johnson uh, about the Somalian cop that killed the white woman, and he's and he's in prison. We got to talk he, about that. So, so he was the most successful prosecution of a cop in Minneapolis history. That the union didn't fight it. So, so, so for people listening and watching, there was a cop who shot a woman 
and uh, the the union, the, the, he got pulled up on charges, got, you know, put out of the police department, whatever union didn't fight it for some reason. thought that was really odd because they fight every single one, every single one. And in this case, they didn't fight it. Dude's in jail right now. He's serving 15 years, I think. Uh, he got arrested, prosecuted, is sitting in jail. His name is Mohammed Noor as a police officer, right? <laughs> I don't have to tell you the rest of the story. I'll have to tell you the rest of the story, right? That That's it. The one cop that we were able to get successfully put in, and I, I won't say we, because he shot a white woman. A black cop shot a white woman. He's in jail right now. That's been the most successful investigation of a police officer in Minneapolis history, I but bet. That's the thing about the blue shield, right? That's the thing about the blue wall is like, okay, we, listen, man, in any hostage negotiation, right, in any kind of acts of war where it's like, here go our, here's our peace offering. See, we do prosecute folks. We do prosecute mm-hmm. people. And then all that blue that you was like protecting and standing by and whatnot, then you start to see different shades of color pop out again and then black popped in. And uh, here you got to go, bro, because we got to hold you accountable. We don't, we can't have dirty cops around here. Those mm-hmm. mistakes are not okay to make. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I just listen, man, these folks hunker down and they have a way in which they do things. And when you're relatively small, like the police force, right, relatively compared to like, you know, everybody just kind of doing their own thing. But you can have a singular message. You can like indoctrinate people in a different way. And they police you on the inside when you trying to speak or do whatever. I mean, you know, so it's almost like, yo, this is why we need those smaller bands. Like I like organized small groups that can get a lot of stuff done where there's like a clear leader. There's clear rules that they follow. They'll get a lot done. Um, and, and and I think that we need to get back to that. Right. Like these, you know, I think when you have these these broad things where it's kind of hard to have somebody to talk to or. You know, you said this on the last show when you were when you were saying, look, this ain't just it's, it's, it's these crazy folks that's coming in. That's not from our community. That's busting up stuff. Mm-hmm. There were black people in that. I'm positive that had a plan of action of what they wanted to do and how they wanted to demonstrate. And those people were organized. But then you had these other people that came in that don't love that place, that don't love that city. Like when you love the city that you live in, like it just looks a little different. You still might mess some stuff up, but you know what you're messing up and what you're not going to mess up. You know what I mean? And I can't stop making this point. You just hit on it, but I please people listening. I want you to be very clear on this. The best black activists and organizers in the Twin Cities have been organizing around these things very strategically and, and focused and deliberate for years. And in this case, it's the same thing. And they did not start the rioting, the violence, the breaking of shit or whatnot. Forget what you're seeing when you look at pictures of it going down, because the media is very selective of who they want to show you getting involved with shit. But I just want to be very clear with you that our local activists are not the ones who started all that shit. Our local activists are the ones who are continuously right now, as we're speaking, still putting heat on the county attorneys and and the police officers um, with a very focused way of doing things. Putting this back up here again, too. I hate to keep doing this to y'all, but this is Minnesota. I'm just so happy for folks to see. But when I said that y'all didn't hear about much out of Minnesota, you heard about this just three years ago. You heard about Philando Castile. That did make national news. There was supposed to be some change after that, right? 
You saw the video. I'm sure. Have you seen the video? Saw that shaky finger. Saw that. Have y'all, y'all saw that legal gun owner, legal uh, permitted gun owner, blah blah blah. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Sharif? Nothing. And he verbalized it, right? Like it wasn't right. like verbalized it, right? All on his head, like he said, like yo, I, I'm legally able to carry, and I am carrying. And and the cop got off. Everything on video shot an innocent man doing nothing, and it always starts the same: traffic stop, broken taillight, you know, or you made a wrong turn, and someone ends up dead. How you end up dead because you made a wrong turn, or you know, you hit, you you did a, a signal wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, inter- the American psyche, the white American psyche, still thinks that they own black people. Like that's <laughs> the bottom line. Like that. You know, like it, it could, it might as well have been 1800, you know, where they said they just saw a black man with a gun, you know, a black man saying, I have a gun that warrant killing them. It's the same. That's what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you look at, uh, and the reason why, you know, you're talking about Castile and, and the other ones that you talked about, you know, only besides after, before meeting you, the group that would like kind of share like what was happening in Minnesota with me was the Somalians, the, the, the Muslim mm-hmm. Somalians, the immigrants who would share, this is what our life is like in Minnesota, the mm-hmm. so-called nice state in the union. It was the Somali brothers that would keep us informed about like what their lives were really like, you know, in school, out of school, um, how they were looked at, all of those things. Right. And so, but like, yeah, there's a lot of people that have these misconceptions about, you know, uh, about the black experience in America and thinking that one state is, you know, Mississippi is worse than than up south or, you know, Texas is worse than Pennsylvania. Like, nah, like it's it's, it's the same different styles, but it's the same. Right. Anti-black. Our governor said on the news this morning, um, some stuff has to change, blah, blah, blah. He went through the speech and he said, you know, we're ranked number one. And he's, he's just started listing all the stuff Minnesota is, is ranked very, very highly for. Great way of life, um, great economics, uh, great environment, great, in, you know, outdoor environment, uh, high participation in the workforce, college, all that stuff. Like just everything that you want, all the good factors, great place to raise a family, great school outcomes. And then he ended it with like, you you know what the, the punchline to this is, except for if you're black and then Minnesota falls to the bottom and no one can explain that because it's not because we're broke. It's not because we're poor as a state. It's not because we don't have the resources. We have resources that other states wish that they had. It's not for any of those reasons, but there's this like tasteless, odorless, invisible thing that that happens here. Um, anyways, we're at about an hour right now. We're a little over an hour. Um, and when I started this, I said, this is not a regularly scheduled broadcast. This is something a little different, um, because the world's a little different right now. Things are happening a little different. Uh, what do you brothers want to do? You want to go around the horn and do some final thoughts in, in, uh, and rap? Or just keep it going. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we got a show we got to do. Yeah, we I mean, I mean, I, I think. I mean, listen, we want to do. We want to honor you, and we want to honor your work. And you know, and and I know Ray worked hard on it, and the team worked hard on it, and and, and I want to honor that. But I think one way to kind of honor your work is for us to keep working. Um, like this is work. This is what we do. This is our work um, to be the voice, to be a voice 
in the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the madness, if the eight black cans can't show up in this type of moment and do what we do best to, to put some words to these feelings, to kind of give you an insight into the psyche of four black men uh, mm-hmm. who happen to be targets in this moment. You know, I think that's one of the best ways that we actually honor your work. Um, so, you know, I, we might as well stay here to the time is up in, in my mind. But that's just I'm just one person. Um, but this is this is what we do. This is what the fuck we do. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm down for whatever y'all want to do. Ray, I mean, I'm going to ask you yeah, because you've been, you've been working, brother. You've been working kind of tirelessly. I'm giving these people another hour and 10 minutes, man. All right, people, y'all better buckle up. <laughs> y'all better buckle up. I went 10 minutes, man. We got to do it, man. This is this is for Minnesota, man. We're doing it. I mean, this right. is for our country, man. I mean, listen, my both my cities are burning right now. Like, both of them. Like, like in, in, in Chicago, they told people, you have to go to Indiana to get supplies. Like, it, I, it happened while I was talking to Chris on the phone. Like, like, no, you got to go out the state. Like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Right. I mean, listen, I was I, I'm, I was born in Maywood, Illinois. OK, it's a suburb of Chicago, but it's where Fred Hampton is from as well. It's where Fred Hampton was born and where he was murdered. Right. Like fighting these things. Right. Like they murdered that dude, man. Like, like, listen, we need to understand something. And, and whether you were part of our book club, I'm just going to bring this. I'm, I can tie it in. in in education of blacks in the South. You know, we're reading some stuff and it's egregious to my book club that's reading it about how these white folks try to control education. And I said, listen. I'm going to say to y'all what I said to them. You got to understand, at one point, there was a people that owned us and they wasn't too happy about not being able to own us no more. Like police officer, overseer, like the way in which that that like morphed. Right. Like there were people whose jobs it was to ride around on horses and oversee black people. Right. Hmm. People don't know that black folks are the reason that there is public education in the South. And you also probably don't know that black people are the reason black people's agency and freedom are the reason that there are police officers with unchecked power that they have now because they used to own us and they don't anymore. Like, you know, Chris, when you talk about bougie Negroes and people getting an education and I use it, well, let me use my education and the research and my knowledge and just sheer reading to help educate people that's listening and watching this now. Right. So they didn't even hide the name. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't even do a lot of legwork. This is what they think about us. And people are mad that they don't get to own us no more. Just think about it. Think about if you had a dog in your house. And then you had to let that dog go. And then that dog started flourishing and more than you, you might be a little pissed off. That's what we are to these people. And so, you know, however long people need us to be here and to talk and to be able to be a safe place for them to put their rage and that energy and just want to hear from us, then I'm here for it. And I'll be here with you. Cool. Let me, let me just, let me interject. I love your analogy all the way up until you said the dog. Because a lot of these white folks care about their dogs more than they care about Absolutely, that right? <laughs> Absolutely, right? I mean, they care about their dogs. <laughs> you know what? This is this is what's behind that, though, is 
A dog don't talk back. A dog is well, no matter what. And it, it has become the way to prove that you're a good person, that you that you can love something. Right. They want you to love right. them, right? They want you. Listen, these people want you to love them the way their dog loves them. They want you to be subservient. They want you to lick their face every time you see them. They want you to wait on them. Like, I'm telling you, man, like and listen, I know it ain't everybody. I know. I know whatever. We ain't got to we ain't got to do all that. Right. But like. People, if you're still confused about what's happening to black folks in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're still confused about like the rage that gets unleashed on us, you know what I'm saying? And if you somebody that helps out in that rage, you know what I'm saying, by robbing your own people, by kidding your own people, shooting your own people, or whatever the case is, like sometimes we do they work for them, man. And it's a it's a rough spot. The shit don't make sense. It makes so much sense that it don't make sense. And um, and, it, and it's a tough place to be. And I know people are going to ask us, well, what do you want us to do? What do we do? So I'm going to think about some potential solutions. But what I would say is to make it through the night right now. Be safe. Protect the people that you love by any means necessary that you need to. Um, you know what I mean? And, and I think that uh, but things ain't going to ever be where we need it to be as long as we continue to depend on that source as long as we got to depend on those people and depend on those police and not have our kids in schools and not have our people be able to read like these people are actively working to still keep you enslaved and that's why this show came about and you know so now what do the hands look like across the country y'all y'all tell me what what it should look like what should the movement look like ray chris and sharif Mm. It should look like we uh, cross over to this new uh, thread and then get it popping for another hour and 10 minutes. That's how it should look. Just saying. <laughs> uh, well, good transition. But it can't, you know, it cancels. Facebook cancels you out 50, if you don't open it up in 15 minutes from the time you schedule. Just yeah, FYI. Right, um, I'm just oh, trying I'm to tell you, bro. Can I help you out? <sighs> you mean we got to switch over to another, another platform or something? What are you saying? Um, he's saying that we might not be able to go live on the other. I'm, I'm saying we might as well stay here because. Oh yeah, hold gotcha. on, hold on, hold on. yeah, yeah. The cool. other one, it canceled Facebook. It cancel you out. So yeah. the thread might still your 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 live your link might still be live, but we don't have. The, we won't have the same people that like automatically before. deletes all streams ten minutes before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is this is what I bring to the podcast, right? We'll do it. Listen, man. We we can listen. We run this platform, yo. We we will we will we will do our. We will come back next week unless shit is still on fire the same way, and we'll do that show because I really do want to do that show the right way, and then I want to do Ray's show the right way. Um, I think it's important that we lift each other up. Uh, it, it means a lot to me to be able to do those shows, you know what I'm saying? So let's let's just do that the right way so you ain't got to redo none of that. It's already there. We'll get that popping. Um, but thank you for putting that together, but you know. Leah, Leah Van Bell says, why aren't you using StreamYard? <laughs> <laughs> well, Leah, it's funny you should ask because we are using uh, uh, StreamYard right now as you speak. Um, Tisha Brady says every city needs to have its own policy version of eight black hands, which I think is very nice for our people. The people who come and watch and comment on this show, all of our shows, and, and this one included, are amazing people. They come, they drop 
nuggets of truth in the in the comments. They don't always get seen for it because, you know, the comments go by real fast. It's hard to um, to look at them all. But um, in this show, I think particularly people are feeling what we're feeling. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rough time that everybody's having right now, but these are focused people. I'm looking at the, the, the comments here and folks are just really focused and uh, you know, they know what's up. Mm-hmm. Yo, I want to, I want to, I want to just, just talk to my uncle real quick because he feels like he needs to fucking comment on every post. And I feel like every time he comments, the shit just annoys me. It's called family. And, and what's wrong with you? You can't respect your elders. Mr. Ankrum, Mr. Ankrum, listen. You, they don't appreciate you. Respect your elders. Brother Jot for the Ankrum, we appreciate you. You know, if you want to disown your nephew, it's all right. You could be our uncle. You could be the eight black hands uncle. I will take that love. I got you, brother. Don't, 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 you know. Uh, but, but Sharif, uh, I asked, I, the, the two fellas uh, told me about, you know, as a father, where they are. Uh, I'm going to ask you, give us, where are you as a father? Uh, you have both kids that are older that might be out and away from you right now. And you got your babies uh, at home with you, man. How are you doing as a father? Yeah, man, I, I think as a father, I'm, I'm a teacher, you know, um, Sitting here, uh, you know, as I said, you know, my my 20 year old son yesterday was like, hey, I'm going down to the protest, you know, so I, I text my people who were organizing is like, hey, where exactly will it be? They told me I shared it with them and him and his friends went down there, you know, and then, so I was proud of him, you know, uh, I was getting texts from students from alumni of Shoemaker saying like, hey, I'm, I'm going down there like where I have to be there. And so. That was important to me as well. And then my six-year-old, man, like she, you know, been trying to like not overly expose her to it. And, but she saw some of the news today and, and, you know, I was like, she was like, what are they doing? I was like, they're angry. They're voicing their frustration. She, she said, well, when me and my little sister are mad, we write y'all letters. (laughs) I was like, and she's like, and then y'all read them and we talk about it. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I tweeted this out earlier. I said, yeah, but black people have been writing thousands and thousands and thousands of letters and tweets and speeches and sit-ins and da, 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 you know, all this stuff. And she said, Oh, then they should be mad because nobody's listening. And that's from a six year old, <laughs> six year old. Right. Like, and so I, I think the fact that she can perceive why they're frustrated, why people are angry and furious and enraged and other people in these, uh, you know, I was watching the Philly news. They were parading people to come and say, you know, one, give these speeches about what people should be doing and not doing. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, who's listening to them? You know, me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm sitting in the house listening to it. the folks who are in the street. They're not listening to that. <laughs> they were they responding to, you know, to the anger. And we shared this quote last week where Huey Newton talked about. You know, terrible schools, terrible job opportunities, and then the uh, American dream, the fake American dream is dangled in front of their faces, you know, their entire lives. And then on top of that, as as we've been saying, like, you know, you're subjected to abuse. You know, I already detailed uh, as a father, you know, my concern is that they'll experience the same thing I did as a child. 
you know, as a youth, you know, that my three brothers did, you know, that my father did, you know, my, uh, you know, all of those. That's the, that's the black experience. You know, so, um, degree is really alarming about that story, Sharif. Like you, you, you said she's six years old, right? And I don't have a six year old anymore, but I remember that age. That age is like, there's magic still alive at six. Like there's just like the world still has some magic left in it. You can get away with stuff like, you know, Santa is still real and shit. I don't know if you do Santa, bro. I mean, you might do Kwanzaa. I don't know if you do Santa right now. You know, like we can do a whole Let's show. Joker, come down my chimney and, and see what Santa. Can. You know, uh, uh, that would be a good show, as a matter of fact, too, because black community is a little bit ambivalent about Santa. But anyways, at six years old, you still have a lot of magic in your heart. Easter Bunny, um, Santa, the the put the tooth under your pillow and get the money for it, you know, all that stuff. Um, and at some point, you know, you lose your innocence. But as a parent, you would hate to see that. Like, there's nothing more precious to me than my 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 kids. But, you know, my daughter, who's my youngest, I just don't want to see the day like when she encounters um, th- that world, like that whole thing. So, you know, Charles, you're asking us as fathers, you know, and I gave you kind of a glib answer before, you know, for my oldest, I'm proud that he's out there with the protesters and he's, you know, participating and he's seeing us and whatnot. For my youngest, I'm wondering, like, you know, what are we supposed to be looking forward for for our kids? Like, you know, I'm going to die. Like, you know, you know, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm of a certain age. Right. So, you know, but I still have a young kid and, um, you know, just like thinking about the, this is more than just not hopeful for us today. This is just not hopeful for them, too. And that that's depressing. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I think I, I you know I was just curious about that, uh, just on the, for a few different reasons because you know one. I don't like the way that America just treats black dads. They just act like y'all don't exist. And we have three shining examples uh, right here. And, uh, and, and I think that's one. And I think two, you know, I really am just trying to, you know, I can get really focused on work and the goals. Right. And, and I can forget the humanity of like my friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so it's like, yo, I know it's a lot for me to process what's going on and I'm used to this on some level, right? Like I'm, I'm like, yo, it's, it's, this is, this is where it's at. This is what needs to happen. And I know the toll is taking on me. So then I'm trying to put myself in y'all's shoes and it's like, I don't know what it feels like to have a part of your body outside. I don't know what it feels like to have your heart walking out aside, outside of your body and you can't protect it. You can't control it. You can't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, I, I saw Ray's boy walking just now and I know he was like, he eating up everything, but I know in Ray's heart, he's just like, fuck, I'm glad that he's right here though. Like right now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Where I can still protect him. Like if somebody comes in this house, I at least have a say in what yeah. happens. Right. And is if we spent half the time that we do tearing black dads down, Right. Instead of actually asking them how they feeling and what messages they got for America right now, I think things could kind of get um, could be a little bit different. Right. What needs to look different in our communities after this? Like like, yo, is, is it are we going to do more of these summits or how to get better police? You know what I'm saying? It's almost like. You know, like we say this a lot about reform for schools, like you like saying reform these schools is saying that they were worth the damn to start with. You know what I mean? Like 
what's the next phase of this thing? It don't have to look like this in Europe, yo. Like it's very, very, very difficult to get a gun. Like the the top show on Netflix for a while was Top Boy. I don't know if y'all. I know Ray's probably seen Top Boy before. He's he's in the culture like that, right? But oh, it's about this. It's a, but it's about gang in London, and they don't have it's. It's crazy because the gang, it's like one gun in the show because they don't have <laughs> guns. Like it's, it's, uh, I'm not for that though, bro. Just so yeah, you know. I'm not for that. Ain't nobody I'm making not, guns. I'm not, I'm not Take all them white boys guns. Listen Take to white boys guns. Oh, wait, Leave listen, me alone. To what, listen to what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is my mind, like I had heard that, right? But my mind wasn't ready to process. I don't, if you've never seen anything different, it's hard to envision something different until somebody shows it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know I would love an iPhone the way that I did until I had one. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not getting rid of no gun. First off, let's just be very clear. I got there will be a ton of guns all around my area. You know what I'm saying? Kind of moving forward, right? But my point is, is we have to start the process of reimagining what this can look like and we have to take it by the reins and do it. And I think that Black dads should be at the forefront of that along with our Black women that have been leading that have been standing up, that have been standing up when a lot of us were not standing up when, they, you know, and I, and I just feel like we have to lead that. So you, should, but you asked the question when you when you keep bringing this up, Charles, like around black dads and, and you know, we've all privately have talked about like there are four males on the show. We should really like uh, say the things that that aren't going to get said. But um, you just no one's asking the question you just asked, like, mm-hmm. how are you as a black dad? Like people don't actually give us that identity uh, a lot. Uh, I don't identify you that way. Um, you have to be fully human. You have to be fully human to get that warm and fuzzy dad identity. And and we don't, we're not afforded that. So, you know, it's a good question. I appreciate you for asking it in that way, because I feel like it's just my duty. It's my obligation. I love my children, blah, blah, blah. You go day to day to day. But there is a different premium that is put on white fatherhood. Oh, absolutely. And what is put on our fatherhood, right? Um, it's almost as if we don't exist. The compassionate black father um, who is is has a therapeutic relationship with their children and a positive relationship. Um, you're talking about something in that case that people don't think exists. And it's jacked up because honestly, like if you want to start a movement, if you want to be radical, if you want to do something in today's politics, you need to stop erasing black men. Mm-hmm. You need to stop the black erasure and the nonsense and give us our positive identity. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm just gonna be real with you. Like people in our own community do it, you know? Um, yeah, man. I mean, Erasers, so yeah. Y- y'all want to hear a uh, black conservative talk here, or you know, we just let y'all flow. With, with no, y'all. go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead. This is I know I, this I, is I, about I, to yo, hurt, but go ahead, so man. I, although I feel like you know that the black voice is uh, it's sometimes elim- the black male voice is sometimes eliminated. I also feel like there's certain shit the black males do that force people to not want to hear them. And really? so, if you're in a position. <laughs> Like what? Like what, Ray? Go ahead and finish your bad take. Yeah, this because we should put that up because um because because I knew I should have known something was happening with this, what he was saying right here. Yo, Reef Reef went off the screen and started cursing. (laughs) (laughs) But I I want I want you to finish every breath of this bad take before I respond. 
<laughs> so, all right, cool. All right. So, some folks put themselves in a position, like I said, to lose that voice, right? By not being involved in their kids' lives or whatever, because they're involved in everything else besides. Put that being back up, Chris. Keep going. And so, for those people, and for those people that aren't in their kids' lives, like I feel like. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like you shouldn't be talking to those people right now because I don't necessarily know if those people deserve a voice. That's my take. Yeah, I mean, but listen, every wait, every wait, 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 Charles, I didn't understand what he just said. What did he just say? He said, I, "Actually, I'm gonna let him reset." What he said, "I don't care." <laughs> like, mad, mad, madness, this madness, accepted for madness, accepted for what it is. What 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 did you say, Ray? So, so you got you. So you guys went on your spiel about right. black men being right. uh, eliminated, eliminated from the conversation, erased. Right? It's a, it's erasure. All I'm saying is that erasure. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we erased. Erased. Yeah, is what I'm saying. That's oh. my point. Ray, should you have should you have a voice, Ray, as a black dad? In this black dad movement we just talked about, I earned. Just stop it, and then just stop. I I earned my voice. So, 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 I I think, I think, what you're saying, Ray, like, look, I get it, I understand. I don't, but I I wanted you to have that space. But every group, there's some people that probably shouldn't have a microphone, right? And I just want to be clear because I know people about to jump on and be like. <laughs> People about to be like black dads. Is it only black dads? No. What I'm asking for specifically is I'm asking for a sect and a larger movement that actually does that is led by the black dads uh, of this country that are out there that are doing and taking care of their kids. Um, I think we need some of that energy, right? I think that there is different sects of leadership. I'm not a part of that group. I'm not a father. I actually don't know how I would be right now. You know what I'm saying? If um, I was a father, because yeah, yeah. I, I, like I'm giving you all the reason why I'm paying so much homage to y'all right now is because I can't imagine. I can't. I don't even like the wrong person reading my article, let alone if I had a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that could be outside right now. So, I mean, listen, I think that 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 black dad's voices are very strong. And I think that in addition to all the other voices that are out there. We should have something for black dads. I, and I'm going to say this because I know I'm long winded. But remember that brother when we was in Arkansas and we did that live show and we went on his radio show and then he showed up that night and he showed up. He was a radio host. He was a, he, he was somebody in the community. He was a business owner. But that night he wanted to be very clear in that room that he was showing up as a black dad. And it changed the room. It, it absolutely is. The entire room, and that's the power of it, right? And I'm all for other people lifting their voices. This is me highlighting this group is not me silencing anybody else because we need them all. But I do think this black dad's delegation, right? Like, because it's their sons and, and daughters that's out there right now being mistreated, being misused. I think that that voice on CNN right now is powerful. And I wanted to hear you all and give y'all that in this moment as a black dad. Because when we, when I say I'm talking to you as a black dad right now, Ray, all the other bullshit that we might have been dealing with, all the other stupid stuff, whether we worried about Whatever, right? It goes out the window. All of you change. You even sat different when y'all were given that answer. And I just think it's a different type of energy that the space needs. I mean, when you ask a question like that, I think it's beautiful because you're asking us about something we love. 
Right. So, okay. so that's why my disposition might change when you ask me a question like that, like your whole, your, you, you know, like everything you feel about the world, you can lose. It can melt away in a moment like that. Cause you love your children. I'm sorry, Ray, go ahead, man. Uh, are you, so are you continuing your bad take though? Should I put the banner not, back not, up? Not, not at all. Oh, okay. Not at all. I'm making a, I'm making a point. I'm making a point about the bad take, right? Sometimes you have to have a bad take in order for people to get rocking in the comments in order for them to understand like how much bullshit that happens when people speak. And so I do this so that people in the comments can get the rocking because I'm okay with being the bad guy. Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. That's Did you just say that? It's interesting logic. Can I, real quick though, can you go back to Maya's uh, comments? And I know Maya. Me and Maya are really good friends. I, I, I was gonna say something about this comment, but this and, comment. And I, but I want yeah. even before I saw that comment. That's why I want yeah. to be very clear. Yeah. On who I'm talking to? I said every all these voices are needed. See, this is the this is what this is the problem for me, right? And 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 I say this with love, and I know she didn't mean it in that in, in any kind of way, right? I'm not taking nobody else's voices away. I'm talking about in addition to, in addition to. And I think that like if if, if somebody if, if if black dads get that delegation going and have that, I think that that other thing is gonna come. I think it's gonna come and it's gonna be there with black moms or whatnot. I just wanted to to I wanted to just you know uh, say that because. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not going to articulate it well enough. I, I love you, Maya. We can we can talk more about it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like me saying that black male dad voices need to be there is not excluding nobody else's voice. And I will say it again. And that means that I'm not in that group speaking. That means that it's only black dads speaking. Because listen, let me explain something. When black dads, Maya, wait, Maya dads, wants you to know. She, she, Maya wants you to know yeah. that she is yeah. not doing that all lives ish. She wants you to know that right now. So you, yeah, you know, I, know, I, don't, I don't think she is. I know. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying she is. But what I'm saying is this though: when black dads are talking as dads, things that were previously off the table are no longer off the table. Like mm-hmm. you're not getting this whole. We about to be super nice and want to get along with everybody. Speak. You getting? Oh, you trying to hurt my son and my daughter? Oh, let me explain what's about to happen. Like you cut, you cut through the bullshit in a different type of way. And I'm sure that's gonna happen with other groups as well. But I'm talking about a group that has never, that's not lifted up in the same way. You know what I mean? Every time a black dad does something positive, we gotta shine some light on it because the narrative is that y'all ain't around ever. <laughs> Well, and you, I'm going to say something you're not going to say, which is when I said our own community participates. And I love Maya a lot. You know, the way that they participate, I think that I see it. And now I'm going to be the bad guy. You know, I should put up a Chris's bad take. Um, we do a lot of saying like, you know, black women did it all. They did the whole civil rights movement. They single-handedly voted people into office, right? They single-handedly got the dude from down south in Arkansas, Alabama, whatever, elected or whatnot. And I feel like what was problematic to me about that was black Alabama. families did that. Entire busloads of black people from churches did that. Um, old, young, male, female, uh, young people, kids, you know, whatever, were part of a movement. And I just don't think that there is a need when black men are already, already erased from positive identities. 
I don't think that, you know, it serves anybody well to, to, to continue the, you ain't nothing. You weren't around narrative about us, whatever. There's my bad take, whatever. It's all good, man. Like, I mean, I don't give a shit. I, that's what I feel about it is what, like, right. You know, um, parenting, black parenting is seen as a very, uh, uh, woman centric thing. We're not even supposed to be in the picture. Um, if you ask some people, especially our critics, they don't know the research that says actually black fathers are in the picture more than, than any other race. Have you seen those studies? That's exactly. It's one. Frame that research to mean whatever you wanted to mean. According I mean, but if, if you look at it, basically like it's not talking about marriage, it's talking about involved black conservatives. Yeah. Would you say, uh, Sharif? Exactly. No, what'd you say? I said, according to a study by the, Cen- oh, by the Centers for Disease Control, which is also, that's a study that's, that's, uh, I got up on the by black conservatives. Go, go ahead and uh, share my screen, uh, Chris. It's share up. the screen, okay. Scroll up a little bit. All right, and can you take that comment uh, down? <laughs> Most involved with children, no matter if they live with them or not. So a lot of the backlash around black people is because they're not getting married at the rates that they were before. But that has not, uh, you know, impacted their involvement. You know, black men are coaches, mentors, not just for their own kids, but for the kids in the neighborhood. They fed or ate meals with kids, bathed, diapered, dressed them, read to them. Come on, man. You want me to keep going? You want to just, you going to highlight these stats? <laughs> I mean, you want to say happy, part, so happy early Father's Day? What are you doing? What's your, what's your goal? First of all, bro, every day is happy Father's Day for me, man. You know what I'm saying? So not only the the, the six kids running around uh, like crazy in this house, but also to for the thousands of students uh, that I've had. You know, those are my children. Everybody's like, damn, he got six. <laughs> they got you good, bro. <laughs> y'all wrong for that. I don't need to have none between y'all got a lot of babies, fam. Well, Charles, thank hey, you, you for pulling, it, pulling up the, 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 the research. Thank you for asking the question. I appreciate it. Um, it's not going to happen again to us this week or next week or whatever. And it's not going to happen to us on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, when, and when Father's Day come around next month, uh, tell me the number of black Father's Day cars you're going to find. Right. Like just 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 shout out to me when, when you go looking, uh, whatever, how many commercials <laughs> you see with black fathers and whatever. But erased. Can y'all put that link in the uh, in the chat for ISIS? All right, I got you. Where can I find that that article? So I got you. Um, I love our commenters. They're just amazing. Naomi says, "DM me y'all's email addresses." Okay, so first of all, you go from you all. <laughs> to y'all to plural y'allses right like wait wait hey, Naomi gonna get you bro yeah, Naomi, Naomi, yeah. Problems, bro. Naomi put them yeah. down with the yeah. black ebonics yo yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Leah Van Bell says uh, there will be two versions in the mahogany section of the card aisle. And this is what's different about Minnesota than other places. <laughs> um, y'all got a mahogany aisle, right? We got a mahogany slot, right? And you're just going to live with what you're going to live with that, that that's in that slot, right? Uh, so, um, so thank you, Leah, for that. Appreciate it. Um, uh, Nicole Johnson says, I come from a single father household. Shout out to single fathers um, that make it happen. Michelle Johnson, you must have said something great, Sharif, because Michelle Johnson said, speak, Sharif. And she put so many exclamation points. It makes me think that your point was really good. Um, <laughs> really good. Um, conservatives, conservatives want black men married and in stable households. The conservative who say that are on wife number three and four. Woo, Michelle Johnson, you, you know, that is cynical. It's true. It's true. Fact, fact, fact. It's, it is fact. I detected. Oh, I used Ankrum's no. line. Yeah, that's hey, not Ankrum's line. Miss Johnson, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem because <laughs> that's not okay for you to be saying things like that. Get him back things out like that. Um, Miss Shelton, shout out to you for your BA in English. And yes, you can do whatever says, you want with the English language. It is yours. <laughs> it is yours. <laughs> I mean, listen, man, and I'm I'm glad. Listen, like here's here's today. You know, I went to go play ball because I was like, you know what, man? Like, you can't have my joy. Like, you you can't even in the midst of all this stuff, you can't steal my joy. Like, that's how. Like, I mean, the concept and the psychology of like old Negro spirituals, right? Is like, I mean, think about it, right? Again, I've been saying this a lot in our book clubs, and both of them, we tend to focus on the time right when slavery started and right when it ended and not the hundreds of years in the middle of like people having to endure and to breed and to live and to praise and worship. Right. Like that is why when you go to a black church, they going to sing for the first hour and a half. Right. Before they hour and a half. <laughs> right. But it's like it's something about black joy. Right. It's something about people get bothered when they see crazy things like this happening and then you'll see a comedian do like a bit or something like that. You'll be like, how is he laughing during this time? It's like, one, he's used to it. And two, because I win my own personal battle when I still got joy through all this. Like, if I can go through all this and I'm still, and you still see me smiling in the middle of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't have it. And I think part of this podcast, we've done, we've had a microcosm of the larger experience around blackness, right? There's been our rage moment. There's been our anger moment. There's been our thought-provoking moment. And then there's our joy moment. Like, mm-hmm. Joy comes, it comes, it will be here, right? Um, and, and I don't know if that's a great thing or a bad thing or whatever the case is, but I'm getting my joy. There's a few things that I've been watching when I got a chance to watch something. Uh, Sharif, I wanted to actually talk to you about this offline. There's this show called Rami about this young uh, Egyptian Muslim cat. And I never knew, I, I'm learning more about Islam and, and being Muslim from like- this doesn't community. have cable. Huh? It's just a it's it's on Hulu, right? But it's a but it's a really good show, right? Like I'm learning about I'm learning about like 
Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning about, you know, folks out of Egypt in a way that I had never learned before. Like I'm listening to, to music, man. I'm listening to, um, I'm listening to like Louis Armstrong and, uh, and Etta James and a few other folks, man. Like, I like, don't let your, like do something for yourself. And I know it's hard, man. And Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong got this album. That's just amazing. It's like one of the most beautiful things I've heard. And I've just had that blasting and playing because I've been more calm during days like this than I have when nothing was happening. And what'd you say? They better than 50 better Cent, than right? 50 Cent, right? I love 50 Cent too, you hater. So like <laughs> the point is that they can't have my joy. Sharif can't have my joy. These white devils can't have my joy. These crooked ass cops can't have my joy. Oh, yeah. Kobe can't have my joy. Like I'm a child of God. I will have joy today. And ain't no one on another identity though. So you, what so, you're describing to us is your life your intellectual life as a, a black person, your interior, your, your like this, this, this art that you're pulling up from the past. I remember when, when you went to Paris mm-hmm. and there you were in Paris with your little jacket on with the little rose on it and shit with your little oh, yeah, I was uh, your notepad and your pen and you were sitting in a little cafe and I don't know what you was drinking, but it would look very Frenchish, your whole thing. And you wrote something about James Baldwin and I was like, first of all, I, I I will never have a moment like that or a minute like that. And I've never have had that minute. So, you know, God bless you for having that minute. You're sitting in Paris in a cafe thinking about uh, James Baldwin and what he he uh, lived while he was there. And you're tracing his steps and you're writing at the same time. You have an interior life. That's another identity. That's another black identity that isn't on wide display. Right. 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 Like you're talking about right now about Ella Fitzgerald. Like I listened to this album and it was beautiful. Right. Beautiful, and, bro. Yeah. It's an identity uh, that you're, you're not supposed to have. It's an amazing. It's amazing. In the midst of all this, like today I found a different level of calm and, and, and they can't have it. Yes. I, and I, and I hope the same for you. <laughs> yeah. Now you see my child is so, like so giving quick, me hell so in the comments. Tell him, too, right? You know, like, 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 yeah, this is Josh, the type of you. Chris, Chris, you, don't, you don't have a passport? Chris, no, I do, do have, you a have a passport now. Yes or no? Chris, do you have I, a passport? I just, got, I, just got got it. I just got my first passport. I just got God, it. But man. I'm happy to get it. I, I have it. Wow. So, you know? so I'm going to claim this right now. I'm going to claim it. The Eight Black Hands will do an international show. Yeah, we should the go somewhere. Eight Black Hands yeah. is going to do a show in Paris at some point, and we're going to take, I'm going to take you where James Baldwin wrote, and you're going to sit there without your, you, just have a moment to yourself, and you're going to have that moment, bro. We got to claim it, man. We got to claim it. I'm serious, man. I, y'all think I'm joking? You know what, when I saw that so, picture you doing that, I thought you know, to have myself. Have you been to Canada at least? I thought, I mean, what you're saying right now gives me hope, because when I saw that picture, I thought, <laughs> I can't believe this dude is, is doing this. What is he doing by himself in Paris right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Is what I thought uh, when I was your age, you know, I don't I don't think I would have been able to just like make that happen. So, like, uh, you know, trying, but, man. now you're giving me hope. Now you're like, no, 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 no. We don't make this happen. All right. I'm trying, bro. Like right. my, my granny. So, 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 me, so, man. So, so. Yeah. Oh, yo, yo, so you posted something right, right now, right? right? Say it again. I couldn't hear you. It's because I have this guy 
Oh my god, yo! I'm about to mute re- reef. <laughs> <laughs> yo, let me speak my French. There man. we go. All right. Oh my god! Are you gonna get, get your so, comment, bro? Hey. Say something about fifty. Uh, All right. Okay. All right, yo, I'm done. What, what's, what's it? What's your I'm comment? Trying to make my comment, but uh, reef wasn't letting me talk. Brother, go ahead. Brother. Say something about fifty cent and like his era. So you posted something about 50 Cent in his era. This is some kind of back feed that's happening right now, and it's not because of me. It's it's I think so it's I think it's from Sharif. You posted something about 50 Cent in his Okay. So you posted something about 50 Cent in like a spread of albums during his reign. Mm-hmm. And you said that that was one of the greatest moments in hip hop history. And I'm so I'm gonna give run. you a parallel. Okay, I'm gonna give you a parallel to that run. The cash money run. Absolutely, it was great. Might be the single greatest, the single greatest run in hip hop history. I mean, listen, From man, you can do a whole black team episode in a week. I'm with it. Okay, all right. I'm with right. it. So from '98 to 2003. Okay. If you if you if you if you you get me into a set and and you hear Cash Money for the nine nine two thousand and people don't run to that to the floor, I. I I'm in the wrong building. It's all love, baby. I'm with it. I, I'm not mad at it. Whatever brings you joy. Listen, man. Whatever brings you, Sharif. What will be bring? What brings you joy in your in your lowest times? We about mm. to share some joy, man. So besides internet, good internet might be a good one. Uh, outside of outside oh, of like, kids and family, um, just nature. Nature, you know, things in nature. My father, my brother, my father, my brother, and my son helped me dig a koi pond. And mm. so just so to specifically have a, a space a, that I could decompress could and, you know, so one, the bonding that happened between these uh, four uh, black, men, black men and then to be able to, you know, develop this area of nature, area of nature um, um, and attract, and attract, you know, you know, various birds and, and things and watch koi. That's, that's what brings Brother, me I love you to death, bro. You got, you got a like, big echo you know, happening, B. You got a big echo happening. I love yo, you to I'm death. To, yo, I'm about to put up a I'm, I'm about to put up a GoFundMe, a GoFundMe for Reef's internet. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all oh, need so, to stop. so wait a minute. Mine's Chris, good for months. And the person who was having trouble was Ray Anchor. Now that he got his lighting and everything, he's trying to look off fly. That's not lighting. What is that? His hat. What is that? That's not even lighting. I don't, I don't know. know what that is. So he looks he like he's on the sun. Hat. Now he's gonna <laughs> come for me. <laughs> What is he doing? Uh, listen, if you are watching this, drop in the comments the thing that you do that brings you joy. Because what Charles is asking, I think, is a good question. It's better where we started. We started on some real negative, depressing stuff. And I like the way that this is taking a turn. I see somebody here. Toya says that she does crocheting, which I think is a unique. Uh, I love my granny to do crocheting. I have the best memories of that. No, Miss Johnson said her family and her 15 acres. Stunting. Mm-hmm. Stunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big and that's mm-hmm. a lot of when I grow up. Grow up. Mm-hmm. Wow, property, <laughs> property <laughs> makes me happy. Hey, hey, property <laughs> brings me joy. Yeah. Uh, Forty acres of the mule. That Chris, tell me what brings you joy. Like, and especially in moments like this, what brings you joy? Um. I mean, man, a lot of things like looking around and thinking like I wasn't supposed to have all this um, brings me joy, like like feeling like 
uh, there were desperate times in my life and, and feeling like God just, just God worked for me. God just did some some stuff for me. It, it's in my kids. Um, my free time that I have stuff in technology, creating. Uh, if, if you can give me blocks of time where I have no, nothing to do but create something, I'm happy, super happy. Like I could do that for hours, be it a website, uh, graphic design stuff, um, a podcast, whatever. That that's when I'm happiest. Absolutely. Uh, people here are saying jazz. Muriel says jazz is my go-to. There you go. Uh, having old cars, Elaine. See, now go, let's do it. Uh, Michelle says, "What brings me joy? Singing, playing my guitar. See, we need a party, right? right. We, we need someone here has has property. Someone likes to do some crocheting, and I love to learn that. Then we got jazz people here. We could have that playing in the background, and and then you know singing, playing the guitar, hanging out with which thing with my nephew is all dope. Uh, and then you got people. Ray, did you do this? Did you do this with the cash money? Eight black hands. Did you make a comment on eight black hands about cash money for ninety nine to two thousand? One of the worst years of hip hop. Answer is you, Raymond. <laughs> wow. wow. It had to be, it had to be him. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely right. I, I answered mine as me. But uh, I mean, but this is I think we need to be having these conversations about joy. I think like being able because this is what we good at. This is what we do. And then the other thing that the other question that I wanted to ask people is now what skill can you offer to the community? See, this is a community. The people that are with us right now. Like we got teachers in here. I, I know I have medical doctor friends that's in here. I've seen a name come up. We got folks that know how to write, folks that know how to sing, folks that know how to crochet. Who got, who know how to help build houses? Who knows how to do that? Like it, this is what I'm saying. This is how well, well. questions we have to start asking ourselves. Right. Like, listen, as much as I want to do book clubs and, and I love like podcasts and stuff. I also want if somebody in here can teach me how to repair a pipe. It's just as valuable. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, we have to start digging into our own collective wealth. We don't do this. We don't know what makes each other happy. And we don't know the skill set that each other got. If we start there and, and compile a list, I'm telling you, man, like these small things make big, big changes. And Chris, you brought this up and I'll let you tell the full story. But Chris told us about a plot of land somewhere in North Carolina where some black folks were just like, you know what? It's dirt cheap. And they just went and bought it. They just bought it. Happy, And we don't know the skill set that each other got. Please start there. One of y'all. I just got to read the comment on my own stuff. You got to mute it, bro. You got to mute it, bro. Can you tell that story, please? Um, say that again. Can you tell the story of you said it was this collective group of black people that went and found this un this unmarked, unregistered land and then they just built on it. They built their own space. Yeah. yeah. So he, here's the um, I'm going to put it up too so that people can see it. Um, you know, I won't go through the whole story, but. Um, let's see, there it is. Um Wow. So there was a town called Soul City and it was a planned community. It was a black planned community. It had all these streets. The streets were named like Liberation Lane and Freedom Avenue and all that type of stuff. It had a community center built in the middle of it. It was a very it was a gated planned community out in um, uh, a piece of land where there wasn't a lot around it. So it really could be its own its own place. And uh, they got money from HUD. 
HUD uh, was at the time, I think this was the 70s, HUD was putting money into planned communities and uh, these black folks uh, um, got a piece of it in North Carolina and they created, they constructed their own community their own houses. I believe it had a school in it. Um, and they got money from, from Nixon, from the president, you know, and it was all through HUD and this still can happen. So I actually went and visited. It's still standing. It's still there. It's not the, the same as how they had planned it and it did get finished and built out, but it is complete in that it has the community center, the pool, um, the community pool, all the houses are, are, are nice still and whatnot. And it's, you know, still black and it's still in uh, black hands. Uh, it was, um, and people sh should go and check out this story. I'm going to just drop it in the comments. It was a Republican though um, that killed it. It was Jesse Helms. Yeah. Jesse Helms. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, so, whoa, so Ray, just whoa. so you know, like black folks, you know, was trying to build something and they were doing a good job of it. And then your dude came along. So there's that. <laughs> mm. um, and can, can I, just, I, ask, I just, can I ask for the people in the comments? Can somebody in the comments help us out by all I'm, I'm seeing all these skills that all these people are putting in that they can contribute to this community? Can somebody build a, a Google Doc and then share with us so we can actually start to cultivate this list and just have it? Like, do you see how this is something that we just decided to build just now, man? Like, this is our collective power, right? Um, and we talked about joy and collective power in 20 minutes and things are already starting to happen. Like, this is how you change things. This is how you move things. Right. You know what I'm saying? You ask questions that bring us together. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm not trying to have, like I said, like a super cool party out moment, but it's, it's, it's powerful, man. We are powerful people. Go ahead. Mm. Hey, let me just talk to Michelle real quick. Dr. Michelle, listen, right. We just did a show together. And you coming for me in these comments. <laughs> and that show, that show did over 5,000 views. Do you understand? Wait a second. Wait a second. Michelle was on your show? 5,000 views, Michelle. She was on your show? Yeah. She's supposed to be coming on my show. Yes. I mean, Why she went on your show first. Uh, She's in high demand, sure. brother. See, this is what She's in high doing. demand, brother. She said, don't nobody own me. She said, I go wherever. <laughs> what y'all do? <laughs> she said, I go wherever. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Right there, in a nutshell. This <laughs> Yo, is what somebody said that to me earlier. Somebody... <laughs> yeah, this is why we can't have nice shit. This is why. You know, this is why we got to put plastic on the couches. <laughs> Let's get to these final thoughts. Hey, man. I'm, I think, the I'm the think reason why she. she don't... I, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I think we've gone through every emotion that we can go through. I think that we've been a good place of solace, education, learning, love, and laughter and joy for a large group of people tonight. Um, Chris, why don't you lead us and, and, and close us out however you need us to close out with our final thoughts, if there's a prompt or whatever. Um, you know, we, we made some distance. We traveled some distance tonight. We're starting with this really bad situation that our communities are in. The, the country's burning and we ended it in a place of positivity where they're like something can be produced and something can grow. Um, and I would say, you know, um, if we had any final thoughts, what could we leave people with that continues that spirit? continues that flow of things uh, after this, after we get off of this and people are going to go back, they're going to see their TVs again. They're going to see the news reports again. But in the back of their mind, there's, there should be something that's that's a build, like something to build on rather than just tear down. So that's a prompt. 
That's what's up. So say 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 at one, you, I, I didn't know that that was more of a prompt. So what do you want us to do specifically as we go around? Talk to people about how they can like continue that spirit of, of producing something. Yeah. Like something good came out of this, but people are gonna leave here right now and they're gonna they're gonna see the news again. Yeah. Right. So how do they carry on that spirit of producing? Like no, being productive and collective. Okay. So we start with you, man. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, I think that so listen, one. You know, protect yourself and protect your families. That's first and foremost. Right. Like we need you to survive. We need you to be here. Uh, so protect your physical and protect your mental and your spiritual. Uh, I think two. um, Try to celebrate, try to have joy, try to still see the blessings, even in these moments. You know what I mean? And I think that that'll make your thoughts and however you move even more pristine and more rooted in the actual direction. And then I think three, you know, for the folks that are out there, um, remember why you're out there and remember like that these are our communities um do what you got to do i'm not going to tell nobody how to how to feel how to protest or whatever the case is but i do want you to be safe and i want you to recognize when there's somebody next to you that don't love you or love your community uh cuz there's a difference and then i would just close it out with four um I'm a, I want to end it back on joy and your skill. All of you that's listening, that's within the sound of my voice, there is something that you can add to this village. There's something there. And we live in a time, one of our biggest blessings is that we are not separated by space in the ways in which we used to be before. Right now, we in four different states having this conversation with people that's all over the country. Some people are outside the country, whatever the case is. We are not bound by the same physical dimensions that we once were. So use the technology, use the things at our disposal. We're not a broke people. We're not, we not a sad people. We're not a, 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 a dumb people. We are very capable and we all got something to add. Don't let these people think that you that you powerless. Don't let these people make you think that ain't no hope here. It, once the hope is gone, they win. Fuck them people. You know what I'm saying? Keep adding to this and we'll keep doing what we can do to make sure that we add value and positivity to your space. In addition to Eight Black Hands, Chris has a show that comes on every single morning. Ray is doing a Walks with Ray, which is really, really good. And he's doing other things around the culture and bringing in joy. Sharif chimes in on Fridays uh, with Chris and jumps in our book club and adds a whole lot of value. And then I have some things that I do on, on the side of this. One of those be, being bringing the knowledge of Dr. Fuller to you. But we do all that stuff for you. And uh, if we if y'all keep lifting us up the way that you did now, it'll only get better. Thank you. And God bless y'all. And y'all be safe tonight. Mm. That's what's up. Ray, what's up with you, so man? For- Bro, man, listen, uh, shout out to you. I know that, you know, you're in the epicenter of whatever's happening right now um, in your city because it all started there. So prayers to you, prayers to your family. Josh, keep doing your thing, youngster. I'm, I'm watching you from afar and I'm cheering you on. I'm your number one, number two fan because your dad is your number one fan. So for me, I want folks to laugh. I come on here, I talk my shit, I give y'all different shows and different opportunities to laugh and engage because I feel like that's extremely important. I want to see smiles on people's faces because right now, it's a terrible time for us. It's a terrible time for black folks. So the more that I can engage y'all and get y'all laughing and get y'all to rolling, I'm with it. The second thing is exercise. You got to exercise to free your mind. I'm in pretty good shape, I must say. But I give y'all daily exercise routine. 
so that y'all can be your so, so that y'all can free y'all mind so we can get some knowledge from that as well. I'm about to go do my exercise routine day six of my day 30 day exercise uh routine. I'm doing it in a second. I will post it. I think my daughter asleep, so and she's my uh my physical ed coach. So uh she might be missing out on this one. The next one is to be safe. Man, it's dangerous out here. Keep your head on a swivel and make sure that the people that you love are safe too. Um, yes, I did, Dr. Michelle. I posted the card. Um, and uh, be great. Last thing, be great, man. We are a people that um, folks try to minimize our contributions to society. We're fucking great. Mm. And don't ever let anybody tell y'all that we are not. We are great. And yes, Leah, my self-esteem is very health, health, uh, healthy. <laughs> so Sharif first of all that's, that's what's up Ray it's uh, more healthy than Sharif's internet great. Um, so Sharif yeah, what do you have to no say doubt, no, no doubt, doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I would yeah, say, you know, say, one, you know, uh, remain uh, vigilant. Um, you know, there are a lot of there distractions lot of out there. Out there. Here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, uh, uh know that you know, city, council city council uh, may try to may give try the to police give the 14, million 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 extra million 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 dollars. Uh, what could that 14 uh, million, that 14 million, million dollar, dollar, uh, you know, do you know, for your community? Your community. Um, I don't um, think I don't more think policing is the answer to better life outcomes for our children and our community. At the same time, the same they're time, also they're trying, also to, trying uh, to allow people allow, to be evicted, be evicted allow, rent allow rent to go up, to go up allow, allow uh, the uh, powerful, powerful homeowners, homeowners tenants. Uh, you know, some of the city council members are actually part of that. Part of that massive landowners in the city. So be vigilant. You know, there there are black people who are trying to railroad the four hundred thousand people in poverty in the city. So in addition to being vigilant, find some time to just be still. You know, tap into the joy, but just tap into things that are going to give you that that mental equilibrium. You know, whether it's reading, writing, journaling, whatever. Whatever. You know. Reach out to me if you want to learn how to raise bees or raise koi or attract be a black birder, um, or if you want to go to the uh, once this is all over and go to the gun range and and um, let off some right like whatever it is to you know bring some equilibrium to all the hard work that you do just uh, to be black in America um, and what that all all the connotations of that that means um, but number one love yourself and, and and be sure to spread that love out to to other folks but yeah i'm also just want to shout out uh stewart stewart you brought us all together you knew all of us you know i share with the team i first met you in person in uh october 1 2015 at the first uh, black male educator convening and you've been a, a staunch supporter ever since then so we just celebrate your leadership and your work and your voice um, as a black parent, as a former school board member, as a community activist, as a business starter, um, and as an advocate for uh, for black men, women, and children um, in school and outside of school. So just really appreciate it. Appreciate um, And, you know, keep up the great work. We'll be safe, too, bro. Like, uh, uh, Chris, before you go, just two quick questions to the group, to the people that's out there. Whoever we, I, I still need that volunteer that's gonna put this stuff together. So tag me or hit me or whatever, so I can work with you to, because I really do want to collect this. I really do. And Chris, if you can help us get it 
published or a holding space on citizen or whatever that can be helpful. Um, but just hit me directly. Whoever's going to put this, help me put this list together. Go, go ahead, Stu. Um, I love what all y'all guys said. Um, you know, do something specific, use your skills, be great. Um, you know, uh, take care of yourself, take care of your body, do everything that you need to do. Um, and, um, Sharif, like, you know, uh, you always have a positive spirit. So I think that, 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 that's, that's kind of like the trick to this thing. I left this comment up from Muriel though, for a reason though, Muriel says, write your own narrative, start with your gifts and your passion. And the reason like that came up a couple of times in our feed, just like, you know, write your own narrative. And the thing that I love about it, it hit me that we do have kind of a, you know, Charles, you, you pulling out this thing today that made me think around identities. Like our, 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 our dad identity is missing. Our identity as an intellectual person is missing, you know? Uh, um, and it made me think like this, write your own narrative well then like why is it missing who's writing our narratives we have to write our narratives because in all of this that i'm seeing like we seeing these these kind of angry people on tv but at the same time we know for a fact that somebody's helping somebody every day right like there's a lot of stuff that's going on there's a lot of people are actually really chipping in for each other right now people are dropping off food people are like making sure that folks got what they need and bringing water making sure that elderly people getting what they need and all that type of stuff is not going to make the news that's not going to be part of the narrative so i think muriel's got it right on the head that's a narrative that we have to really start participating and, and telling a lot. Uh, and I think the other thing is if you are regularly a generous person, if you are usually a generous person, you call yourself that and that's part of your identity. I would just say you have to turn that knob up a little bit right now on that particular part of your being, because I think all of us are a little bit more blessed than, than we think. And, you know, there's some basic stuff that people need that we all could be philanthropists right now. They're, 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 and and y'all all know me like one of the things that I always see as a strategy is to give like like to give people resources or whatnot as a strategy as, that that to me is part of activism is like uh, feeding and resourcing people who are doing hard work or or having a hard time. So I would tell everybody listening, thank you for coming to our show. Thank you for listening to Black Men on a regular basis for Black Men every week. Thank you for bringing amazing content into our comments and uh, being generous with your time and your intellect and uh, and what you know, your power. There's so much confidence in, in these comments. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I don't know if we always say it, but we really, really, really feel like as four brothers that started a little over a year ago, having a weekly conversation to have so many people actually chiming in and, and uh, considering it valuable is amazing. So thank you. You've been watching another episode of the eight black hands, a very different episode, a special episode of the eight black hands. Please come back and see us next week. Uh, if you want to share the show, please share it and uh, share it on Facebook. Uh, look for Charles uh, to keep in, uh, keep up with what he's doing. Look for Ray, he's got a show. Uh, make sure that you check that show out. Um, please see me every day uh, at nine o'clock central time for my broadcast on the Citizen Ed uh, feed. And on Fridays, you'll see me and Sharif. Together we do Freedom Fridays. Thank y'all, have a great night. As Ray said, be great. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands Podcast. With Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.